we're talking about the five practices of fruitful congregations. And so we started out a couple of weeks ago talking about radical hospitality, that it's not really what we do in here on Sunday morning that matters the most, it's what we do out there. We come together here to celebrate what God is doing in our lives and in the lives of others, but it's what we do out there that's transformative for so many people. And that we're to be welcoming of people, whoever comes, we're to be welcoming, welcoming of them into the kingdom. And then we talked about passionate worship, that worship has needs to have some passion to it, that, that it's not just what we do in this Sunday, it's not just what we uh, do on our own, but it's how we live our life, that constantly in worship of our God, whatever we do, we do to Him. So when Sam's out doing landscaping, he's honoring God in what he does. Amen? Wherever we go with Steve is working, honoring God wherever he goes. And that's what passionate worship is about. We're looking for to carry our God with us in the community and make a difference in people's lives. This week we're going to talk about risk-taking mission and service. And the passage is out of Matthew chapter 5 and then Matthew chapter 25. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out, to be trodden under from the foot of man. If any man will sue the at law and take away your coat, let him have his cloak as well. And whosoever will compel you to go a mile, go with him too. Give to him that asks you, and from him that would borrow of you, turn not away. You have heard this and said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes the sons rise on the evil, and on the good it sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans do the same to the tax collectors. It's the word of God for all people. Thank you, God. So as we've been discussing on the five practices, a large part of our conversation has been to think about what it would mean for someone's life to be fully captured by Jesus Christ. What would that life look like? And we did a, a, a not a fan series last year, and there's often we get into this pattern of following that we're, you know, that we're kind of in the bleachers and we cheer for Jesus, way to go, you know, way to go, Jesus, but we don't get down on the field and help. We're called not to just be in the bleachers, but to be on the field and in the game. What does that kind of life look like? The life that's been fully captured by Jesus Christ. One of Wesley's most famous sermons is called Almost Christian. He gave it to the professors at Oxford University. And in that term, he talked about how many wonderful people there are in the world. There's, there's wonderful people in the world. People who are trying to do the right thing, but whose lives have not been fully and completely captured by Jesus Christ. What would a church that's fully captured by Jesus look like? What would we be doing?
in the community, being out in the community. We've got folks at Fish, we've got folks at Shepherd Staff, and we participate in the community. That's what that type of church looks like. What else? Spending time with God. Praying. Yeah. Mark. That would be our, our process, right? Ultimately, is to create fans, not fans, but followers of Jesus Christ, to, to create disciples, to train. Uh, we talked last week, some of us don't like that, that word discipline, but it's training. If you want to be good at anything, you've got to train or become be disciplined in what you do to become a disciple. So, so there are those, those are some things that are going on here, right? Let's don't forget about us inside. Yeah, our neighbor is not just outside. Our neighbor sits next to us. It's a both and. You know, we have had some conversations over my time here um, that, like, well, why do we spend it all here? Well, because we do spend here, but we also are called in the community and we're called in the world to impact lives everywhere. What would an individual's life that was captured by Jesus look like? It'd be changed, Mike. Because mm-hmm. life is not changed, you're not captured by Christ. Yeah, you cannot, you cannot, it's impossible, I believe, to be to, to have Jesus as a part of your soul that's been in there and, and, and he's going to push you into doing things. You cannot not be transformed. You're going to be transformed. Just if, you, if you're impacted at all by the living God, the creator of all that is, if he's in, involved in your life, you can't help but respond to that. It's going to make a difference. And because it makes a difference, I want you to know how much of a difference it's making for me. So I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you in here. I'm going to tell you out there. So yes, transformative. Yeah, that's the evidence of a life, life change and through the spirit that, that, that we're not just coming to church that we're not going to... It's, it's pretty critical to be here because we need one another. And I love hearing the story of, of lives change and folks that each of us impact. I think we don't celebrate enough. You know, God is moving in this place with far more things than what we lift up on Sunday morning. When we ask for celebrations to serve us, we're always going to have you know, the, the sick folks and folks in need and, and that kind of thing. But that's also what cool things is God doing in your life. And when we can't answer that, then we need to start looking for them. Because he's doing cool stuff. But we don't always recognize it. So part of our personal journey to be impacted by, by Christ is to look for God. Where is God working at work in my own life? Because you're the one that you can make a difference in your life where other people can't. Did you know faith is a verb? I don't know if it is grammatical, but faith is definitely a verb. If you profess faith in Jesus Christ, then you're not going to be able to sit still. That's kind of what we're talking about. That transformed life comes from that. And next thing you want other people to know. Well, you know. You want to share it with, with us. Too often when we gather together, we talk and think about accepting Jesus as our Savior. That moment. And the promise of eternal life that comes with that. But then we have a tendency to sit back and go, well, I'll wait until Jesus comes again. I've got my eternity. It, it's settled. I'm, I'm in good shape with God. So now I'm going to you know, just kind of sit back and rest on that laurel. That's a fan. 
not follow it. See, our eternal salvation is, is important. I love that, that God is here and that God is preparing a place for me. But even if that weren't true, I follow Jesus. And I hope you would too. Because God, it's not just the there and then kingdom that God is building. God is building a kingdom here among us. We are the body of Christ. Mark 1.15, the kingdom of God has come near. This is Jesus. The story of a man who donated 88 acres of land to be used for transitional housing for people in difficult situations. The idea was to help them get their lives back together by training them in new jobs, giving them a place to live, the support that they needed, but there was a lot of work that had to be done in order to get uh, the ground of the 88 acres prepared. There's 25 men from a local congregation and a few others from different places, some other churches in the area, came and they did the, the heavy work. They started cleaning it out. They cleared the brush. They prepared stones for the walkway and landscaped the, the facility. built a jack on the back of one of the trailers that was already there. The president of the association was looking at the folks who were from the church and he said, that's quite a group you've got there. Quite a group. And Pastor again, I'm proud of he said, yeah, something looked like they know what they're doing. And the pastor, maybe for the first time, he looked at the folks that were out there, who were doing the work. See, he knew that some of them had professional jobs. They worked in an office. Others of them were laborers. Others were, were planners and engineers. And, and he had this group, and, and they were working together for a common goal. The pastor thought, you know, when the church is reaching out to others. You see that sort of cooperation. You see that kind of mingling of people. See, when we're together, that's what you see. The body of Christ, that's part of the evidence is that we're active in, in, in mission and ministry. I told a story last year about a very traditional church, and it was packed one Easter Sunday. And there was a guy who was in tattered blue jeans and had a t-shirt on, he didn't have any shoes. And he walked in and he's looking for a seat. So he's like, oh, I don't, don't have anywhere to sit. He looks around a little bit and he walks his way up to the front and plops down right next to David. And the elderly guy, he's been there for, for a long time, he's one of the, the ushers, dressed in his nice suit and tie. And he got up in the back and he started to make his way towards that guy. And the people now weren't watching anything going up here, right? They're walking, what, what's happening here? And, then, and as he's walking up, you know, you can, you know, you can imagine the thoughts they were having. Oh, no. He should have sat down in that aisle. He's going to get in trouble now. But any, and, and, you know, anybody would know not to sit in the aisle, right? So he deserves what, what he's about to get. And that elderly gentleman comes on up, gets right next to the guy, and sits down next to him. And he's been served in that place. That's different, isn't it? See, we're called to meet people where they are. That's where that man was. Engage with them. And then watch what God does when we engage in a relationship. Lives are forever changed. Not by us, but by Him. But we are in the hands of Jesus Christ. So we have a 
You know, it's not just a role. We have a responsibility to be a part of the body of Christ. He has no hands and feet but yours. Say this with me. Jesus has no hands and feet but mine. Jesus has no hands and feet but mine. Amen. That's true. If it's going to get done, then we have to be willing to step out. We have to be willing to take risks to become the people he's called us to be. And just like different people have different characteristics, so the risk-taking mission and service has certain characteristics, characteristics as well. Risk-taking congregations don't just ask how much the program costs. They ask how many people it'll reach. Risk-taking service congregations don't talk about their seating capacity, they talk about their spending capacity. Not just how many people we tend to bring in here, how many people we send out there. You know, in that Matthew chapter, and I mentioned it when I used this passage before, the people, when they were before, the, before God and, and He said, you know, told them that when I was hungry, you fed me, when I was thirsty, you gave me a drink, you know, when I was in jail, you visited me. I, I love that their response was, what do you mean? When did we give you a drink or clothe you or any of the stuff that you distributed to us? Whenever you've done it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you've done it to me. But I love that they were unaware. They did it because it was the right thing to do. Just because God moved in their heart. They stepped out of their comfort zone. I don't know very many people who, who, who go into prisons and visit folks in jail that don't have that tinge when the client goes behind you and you can't get out of that hell. Yeah. I've been to my share of jail, but I, that still makes me nervous. Yeah. When you go through the front door and it's BAM! Behind you. Uh-oh. Hope they don't keep me. We were a risk-taking, mission-focused church. We're going to find that we do things naturally. It might take a while to get to that place in your own personal journey. It may be uncomfortable to, to do some of the things that we, that we do. It's okay to be uncomfortable. Take a risk. Take a risk. See, the righteous will inherit the kingdom of God. You ever thought about that word, inherit? They don't earn the kingdom of God. I want to be clear on that. We're saved by faith. But without works, it's an empty Christianity. They come together. And yes, there's tension in that. Because we're always you know, in danger of going too far to one side. If I go too far towards grace, then I can, I can do whatever I want. It's okay. It's not. But if we get so much into the, the legalistic kind of side, that, well, we have to do this because of this, you know, then we, then we become Pharisees. Well, that's what happened to them. Is that they, they took on the rules and made them their understanding of God. It's really easy to look at somebody else's situation and go, well, if they had worked harder, 
if they had done this, if they had done something different, then they would have, then this would have happened to them. God's grace comes to us freely. Extended to us freely. Extended to those we don't like freely. I've learned a couple of things by being around people who, who do this, who are, their natural inclination is to take risks, to help others, that, that they're in mission, their lifestyle is one of mission. So there's a couple of things. The first is to recognize that it's a gift. Any of y'all took? Three people, that's good. <laughs> what is false for? What if they weren't going to solve? Give life. Give life. Mm-hmm. What if? Yeah. We are the salt of the earth. So we're to bring flavor. It's a good way to put it. If there is no salt, imagine a world with no salt. Heaven forbid. God's grace comes to us by God's choice. Given to us through Jesus Christ. And because it comes to us, it then frees us up to serve Him in whatever way He calls us. I also know a few people that uh, that involved in risk taking mission service, and I've learned that risk is relative. Did, have you ever thought about that? Risk is relative. What's what's easy for one is hard for another. Some people who take take risks with money don't work out, and it's like, okay, I'm just going to give. Others are so wait a minute, I'm going to pay the bill. Some people are in prison ministry. That's no big deal. That's not that's not risky to them. Would that be risky to anybody here? Yeah. <laughs> it would. It would. Risk is relative. So you have to have to look at your life and go, okay, where is it that God is calling me? And don't let fear stop you. Don't let the enemy stop you from taking the first step in that direction and then see what God does with that. That's, what, that's the power of taking a risk. And risk changes over time. Service changes over time. For many folks who enter the church, and especially in our denomination, uh, they get administrative councils and all of these things, and then they get in a niche, right? That's where they find their place. It's where God has called them to be, and God has called them to be during that season in that place. And then they go on a mission trip somewhere, or whatever it is. Something touches their heart. And all of a sudden, now I want to serve the needy, the homeless, called to a new place. And that happens time and time again. We have to be willing to take a, a, a risky step. Something that, I mean, if, if you're on, on a committee for long enough, you pretty much know everything's going to, you know, how, how the process works, what, what happens, all of those things. There is no risk, really. But there's risk in doing other things. So look at your life. Where is it that, that is a risk taking place for me? If I can do it under, with my own power, then I'm trusting me and not trusting God. And we're constantly called to, to a place where we have to risk enough that God has to pass the ring through. That's discipleship. That's a discipline life. And that's what Sunday is for too. Just come and go... 
How cool is he? Buzz coming. You won't believe this week I, what happened to me. I, I was I just had this urge to to talk to the guy next to me in the checkout line, and I started talking to him. He was going through a divorce, and all, all these things were going going on. And I prayed with him on the way out. People were in tune, and, and our heart gets bumped. You ever had a nudge that God nudge? God bumps you to call somebody? Make no sense? God bumps you to go, hey, I, I really do want you to serve over here. Are you crazy? That's usually the first response. Then he goes, okay. He bumps us to the next place in ministry. He wants us to be more than we can see, all that we can be. And went on a mission trip to Nicaragua. See, working with the brethren will open your eyes in a way that we tend to stay separated from. Went on a trip to Nicaragua. And after we came back, we were had a meeting and we were kind of showing slides and talking about the trip. And I noticed during that during that process, as, as folks would come up and share their testimony about what happened. Something was different in, the, in them. We go to help somebody else, and we get impacted. And as I kept coming up, they kept talking about the different things. This is a, what was happening was they're trying to create a new village for a group that had been living in the dumps. Literally, they're, they just go through the, the kids would go through the, 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 the garbage to get their food. They would find pieces of you know wood or whatever to make their home. They lived in the dump, not outside the dump. They live in the dump. And then we're trying to get them moved into a, a, a small community, but they'd have their own place. They'd have health services, and these other things would be there for them. And I heard stories. You know, my favorite is still the one where the kid come running up to me up and just jumped in my arms. And that was a great trip. At that point, it didn't matter what else. Yeah, what else happened? But when we engage in the mission, this kind of mission ministry where we're risking our comfortability, where we're risking something, God will move some, some in you somehow to make you bring you to another understanding of what he would like for you to do with you. Now, I can't answer that for each person in here. But young, old, doesn't matter. God has a place of ministry for you. He just does. Brandon's right. We do a lot here. We, we talk a lot about the fish, and we talk a lot about Shepherd Staff and Murphy Harvest and the children's home and other things. But there's a lot that happens that we don't see. It's part of what Don is trying to bring to life for us is the picture of God moving in this congregation. Because we sort of want to hear those stories. We want to hear what God is doing in this place. So we have a list, in your bulletin you should have a, a form. And on that form you're going to see on the side that doesn't have a picture. Those are different areas of service here. And what I'd like for you to do is, is over the, the next period, period of time, just take a few moments and fill that out. You need your name on the top and the contact information. And, and check the box if you're interested. You know, because what will happen from here is the leaders of those areas will then have your information. They'll contact you, and if you have specific questions, they'll answer them. On the back is, fully recognize that not everything is on there. So 
So if there's something on something that you're, you feel a, a call to, just write it on the back. And when you're done, just bring them up and set them here on the altar, and then we'll close. So it take a few minutes to do that. Ready? Yeah, please. Yeah, uh, tank hair. Just one second. Randy's got an announcement about one. Please let me have your attention. Please stop me sending that out. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a school teacher, so I'm going to hand stuff out. I'll give you this and I'll listen to what you say. Okay? Alright. But I come to you now. Wednesday is, is, is our uh, last Wednesday service. And it starts our Lenten season. I'm not going to go into what Lent is. I'm going to give you a sheet at the end and explain what that is and what Christians have done through this time. And usually, I, when, you, when I speak to you, I'm asking you for money. Okay? And I understand that. I'm not asking for money this time. Well, this is more important. Yes, it is. I'm asking you to read your Bible. It's a 40-day Lent time here. I'm asking those of you that don't read your Bible to spend 20 minutes a day to read your Bible. And on the back of this sheet that I have, it explains everything. It's got each day that you check off that you read your Bible. Now, number one, I want to go far. I, want to, I don't want to use the word read your Bible. I want you to study your Bible. Okay? If you don't have a study Bible, the Bible that, like mine, has got the writing at the bottom that explains what was said up here at the top, okay? I, may, I, I told you many times, a, a, a friend of mine gave me this Bible. It has changed my life. I started read, trying to read the King James Version and things like that through years I go. <laughs> no stuff with it. But then when all of a sudden I read, I read the Bible and then I could go down and read, oh, okay. And then, you know, the biggest thing that hit me is when I heard a preacher talk, and I knew what the preacher was saying. When, when, when Mike, or some other, if I say the root of Jesse, I used to say, what the crap say? <laughs> now I know what the root of Jesse is. I've had, I've had a, a, a young lady in my, in my class one time that I thought would know this, but I talked about the Damascus Road experience. She said, what's that? And up to 40 years old, I didn't know about I went to church a lot of the times, listen to the preacher. Those kind of things. But I'm asking you, to, for, for your service, for your, for your give up, do you give up 20 minutes a day to read your Bible, to study your Bible. For those of you that already read your Bible, I'm asking for 10 more minutes. Your sacrifice of time for God. Let me tell you what. And before you read your Bible, I want you to pray to God, to ask God to speak to you through His Word. This is God's Word, right? This is God's Word. Men read it by wrote it by inspiration from God. This is this is not a collection of stuff. It's suggestions. Folks, if you want to change your life, it might have been changed dramatically through God's word. God did it. Some other man helped to wreck him. 
by him and his wife. We've been thinking about you, man. We want you to have it. And it's just a great blessing. But pray before you say, I'm going to read one verse right here. Thank you, my father. Uh, I'll read Romans 15, 14. It's a great verse. For everything that was written in the past, talking about the Bible, was written to teach us so that through endurance or patience and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Hope. We have hope. We have hope realized. Jesus Christ died for us. If you're a true Christian, your hope is realized through your salvation. But like Mike said today, our salvation is just the start. It's not the end of our Christianity. It is the start of our Christianity. And then what we do after with our Christianity is spreading it. So, so please, I'm, I'm, I'm through my watch over. It might be long-winded. Read this. <laughs> Dedicate yourself. If you don't have a study Bible, spend that money and, 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 and get your study Bible. And it also says back here, I want you to be here every Sunday. I challenge you to be here every Sunday during this season. We just need the folks to come here. We just need to come here and get involved. And do what Mike is trying to get us to do right now. Okay? Uh, Fill out those sheets at the end. I'm going to hand you one of these for you to fill out. On Easter Sunday, you'll come up in the way on the time. It's your time that you've given to God. Thank you. Stand with me, please.